Yo, 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 what's going on, Melanated family? This is your brother Harrison Man back for a brand new episode of the Melanated Combo Pack uh, Podcast, excuse me. And on today's show, family, I got my sister, man, who's been rocking with me since the beginning, almost the beginning, you know what I mean? So we've had several spirited dialogues. This is my sister who has a BS in social work, who's getting her master's, and she can correct me in this, but she's getting her master's in clinical social work. So this is a sister who cares about mental health, cares about our community in a real deep, passionate state. So it's always good to rock with her. You know, when I bring up certain topics, things that I talk about, it's good to have a woman's perspective. And it's always, you know, good to have a woman who's traveled, who's who who understands our community, but also has a specialty in one thing or another. You feel me? So on the show today, my sister, Shereen Briggs. How you doing, Shereen? I am doing great. How you guys doing out there, Harrison? Once again, thank you for having me. You know, whenever you call me, I'm down because I really appreciate you, your fire, <clears throat> and I the, that, yeah, the passion that you have. Mm -hmm. You know, every time I watch a show of yours, the passion is exactly the same. Yep. So that's yeah, I'll be going at the end. Thank you. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I love my goddamn people, man, and and it's and you gotta and what I think. All of us, like going through things in life, our life experiences, if cultivated the right way, can be used as a lesson for others. So I talk a lot about our community and the different attributes of why we are the way we are. But 80% of that shit is based on me and what I've learned and what I've been through personally. And like we were just talking about, you can't mention the people involved in said experience but you can use that experience as something that could benefit everybody. So that's a part of my shit. I appreciate you being here, sister. Everybody do me a favor and hit that like button, hit the share button. If you haven't been to the new website, there is a new website that houses everything I do, family. So you can go to melanatedconvo.com now. Melanatedconvo.com. You can find the show. You can find the information about history. You can find the new stories I talk about. Instagram, all these things, everything that I'm into, you can find it on the website, melanatedconvo.com. So go there if you haven't. Also, and Shereen, you're going to like this. <laughs> also, tomorrow on the show, right? Today's, now I'm going to date. Can't start dating my shit. Today, we talked to my sister Shereen Briggs. But tomorrow, brand new show with a woman named Jill Nagel, Shereen, who reached out to me, Caucasian uh -huh. lady. She considers herself an anti-racism strategist. She travels around the country giving workshops to Caucasian people about how to not be racist and how to recognize white supremacy. So tomorrow, <laughs> I'm going to have a conversation with the sister Jill, Jill Nagel, who's an author, too. She has a great book coming out that okay. me and her talked about. So tomorrow, we're going to have her on the show. We're going to talk about how to dismantle white supremacy. That's actually the topic of the show. You feel me? So I'm excited. Like I, I was going to present the flyer with her and everything about her as normal, but I got to address the elephant in the room just in my mind. You know what I mean? Like I've been doing it for four years. Mm -hmm. I haven't everything about what I've done is I'm speaking to my people. Right. But right. I'm not above a conversation with anybody. See, so anybody outside of our community, if you can be an ally, if you can add a perspective, that's always great. And learning tool because i expect to have a spirited normal dialogue with this woman you know what i mean right. she graciously reached out to me a few times and i appreciate her for that but at the end of the day you i'm i'm always equipped to talk racism with anybody so 
I appreciate her coming on the show. We're going to have a good time. So that's tomorrow at 6 p.m. Jill Nagel, anti-racism strategist, again, travels the country talking to white folks about that's that's <laughs> that's hella interesting to me. So we're going to have to get into it tomorrow. I, I think that, that's that's hella interesting, right, Shereen? It's amazing. I'm very proud of you. Um, I think it's something different. Mm-hmm. And um, it's something that needs to be done. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, I want to see what my counterparts really think. That's because- yeah. Bottom just line. Like how, just like how yours and I and your other guests and everybody's true colors come out when we're doing yeah. these type of conversations. Yeah. Same yeah. thing happens and same thing you've seen seeing in uh, interviews. You've seen, you yeah. know, NBC interviews. So at the end of the day, I mean, I, I appreciate the work you said. She travels around and tries to stop systemic racism and tries to, what is, tell me really fast yeah, and I'll to- let us move on. Really quickly, what does she do no, again? Talk. She she, she has seminars. Are you frozen? She has seminars with Caucasian people about dismantling white supremacy and how a white person can benefit. What does she do one more time? <laughs> can, can you hear me? You, can you hear me good? You can't hear me, Shireen? Oh. You can't hear me? No, I can hear no, you. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, she, she travels around the country and she has seminars with Caucasian people mm-hmm. about how they can benefit oh. from dismantling white supremacy. Basically. Okay. You heard me? That, 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 yeah. That's very amazing. That, that's very yeah. amazing work. I would love to research her and contact mm-hmm. her and I probably would love to interview her as well. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I want to so know again, what type of response. Yeah. So that's interesting. And, I, you know, my audience, I think, can appreciate that. And like you said, Knowing how people outside of our community feel about us, it's, it just gives an insight to what people talk about. You see what I'm saying? And But I, I also recommend, though, like any of us, if we're going to be in a position where we talk with, with someone outside of our community about racism, about all these things, just equip yourself with enough information to combat, um, combat be on cold, like understand a dialogue is good. But sometimes I think as black people, and we're going to get to the show topic and shit. I just had to go over this real quick. Right, sometimes no as black people, we'll have a white friend or a white ally, quote unquote, and we talk to them and they are asking for like, they're finally getting a chance to talk to somebody black. So they may ask about, hey, why does police brutality work this way? Why do you guys feel this way about Black Lives Matter? Mm-hmm. They, they, they may have specific questions about our struggle. And I think, excuse me, you should just be equipped to give them knowledge because that can change them. Like if someone's honest enough to say, hey, I don't understand some of this stuff. Can we talk about it? And if you have the knowledge to like impart knowledge and wisdom on them about actual things that have happened in history, if they're a fair minded person, they're going to hear you talking. Be like, all right, I'll go research it. I, that, it, it, it. It may change my perspective on things. And again, the Melanated Convo is not about seeking approval. It's not about um, needing other people or people outside of the community to get anywhere we have to go. But an ally that's from any other race of people, I'm always going to welcome that. Well, having having my bachelor's in social work and and, and trying to be attaining an actual master soon here, obviously social workers, they are for the better good of humanity. So mm-hmm. what was instilled in me in a chat and as a child was not just about my people. It was about humanity. 
So it was about all little girls, white girls, okay. black girls, my mama uplift them, give them love, mm-hmm. show them love. So, um, I, you know, I, I'm not, I, I, it's a very, it's a very good decision that you made. It's going to be very, um, you know, entertaining, I think. And, mm-hmm. and, and um, it's going to be very eye opening. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, I think something that always sits on a lot of black folks mind is that, like, do they truly understand? But just think back to back to the days with, with Mark, 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 Malcolm X, Martin Luther King. They have we have, you know, white folks, you know, Fred Hampton. He did the the Rainbow Coalition before Jesse Jackson. He had mm-hmm. different races of people helping him. Mm-hmm. That's Jackson. very, very a lot of white allies in our. So there, are some, there are some there are some true shoot a life, you know, real white folk. We even have white folk that think they're black. Remember the one white lady who? Rachel Dolezal. How can I forget? So, <laughs> I, I watch, watch, watch her, watch her documentary. It's on Netflix or Hulu. This woman, mm. you would be in, so intrigued by her story. It goes back to when she was a kid. Her mother and them adopted and fostered black children. They bit, it was not a game to her. She She's basically identifies as black so i appreciate you bringing somebody you know uh on here that is not that doesn't look like us so we can hear what she has to say and for me um i just like to learn and i hope hopefully she can open my eyes to something and i can have a little bit more empathy for people that look like her there there we go and and that's the goal so i'm excited to have that conversation but today on the show with my sister shereen i was thinking going through stuff in my life you feel me and i was like man I know what we deal with outside of our community. I know all the strife and diff- the disenfranchisement we go through. Like, I'm never going to take those things off the table. But when we look at our families, like how we treat each other in our family, the black families, the level of toxic behavior, the level of, and people say toxic, but I'm going to be specific today on the show. Like, when I say toxic, I'm going I'm to talk to you about actual behaviors that can make it that can make it that can create a negative environment for your family toxic just means negative environment right. negative energy you know what i mean negative actions you see what i'm saying so we're right. going to talk about how this affects our people because to me sometimes if you're looking to go outside of your family outside of your people to create a family bond or create structure sometimes you got to deal with the shit that happened at home and all too often as you being a social or being a social worker now and i'm proud of you for doing that sister a lot of us don't unpack all that trauma we had as a child. So now we in a relationship, we in a marriage, we at work and these things are spilling out in our life and it's affecting us to the point where we're just passing it down to our kids and different people in our family. So it's important that we talk about how do we prevent the name of the show today? And we're going to talk about something different later, but how do we prevent toxic behavior in our families? Like what do we do as individuals to put ourselves in a position where if, if possible have a, fruitful and positive relationship with most if not all members of our family because it's not easy and you're gonna have family members that you just don't like y'all just don't vibe y'all ain't never vibe that's cool but a level of love a level of compassion don't you think that's always necessary shireen like are you wanna are you on the vibe where because i think i may be getting here that's why i want to talk about it do you have a family member that you just been like Fuck them. I don't want to talk to them. They bet not call here. They didn't. The, they they last straw 
was last Tuesday. They ain't give me back that $15. I ain't fucking with that. <laughs> you know what? That's so funny. See, the thing about me is, um, you know, a little bit about me, like I've told you in the past, I, I have been, a, you know, I was a single mother, no no father in the household. Um, and so basically, just like my mom, who was a single mother with two kids, and then when we were about 17, she adopted two more. Hmm. She, she needed help from her sisters and her, you know, family. So, hmm. you know, I needed help. And um, I was, and then you know, I was young though, you know, and I kind of thrown into motherhood. So yeah. like, there's people that I owe money to that I didn't intentionally not pay back at the time, living check to check. Mm-hmm. I've been I, there. I just really couldn't pay them back. Mm-hmm. And then you know, so yeah, there you know, just I believe that some people, de- depending on who they are, they really do hold grudges. And you will think, well, like deep down in your heart, you're like, wow, like I wish they could just give me that money. Like I, I'm mm. their, I, I'm their family, I'm their blood. You know, it, you yeah. know. At the end of the day, what it is is, I think that people who borrow money from their family shouldn't borrow it, and the the family member should not give it to them unless they can give it to them. So when yeah, they, and. That way, so let's let's we 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 gonna just go there real quick. That's interesting because yeah. I, here's the thing, I think when because we got David Harrison, which is my first name, it's pretty. I like your last name, brother, but it should be your first name. But I got David Harrison. He's commenting on what we're talking about. Thank you for commenting, brother David Harrison. So here's the thing: you mentioned being in a position where <clears throat> you're struggling, right, financially, check to check, meaning I, you working. My whole check life. To check, my whole life. Check to, Check the check me and you working. But here's the thing that I experienced mm-hmm. personally, like something I've done to people right. because of my pride and because of my lack of communication skills. There's been times where I needed money from a friend because I personally don't believe in asking somebody for something that you don't communicate with. So if I don't communicate with you on a regular basis, I don't care if I'm sleeping in a box. I'm not going to call you and ask you for shit. But I've had to ask people for stuff and yeah. I couldn't give it back. Right. right. I didn't have it. Right, but my but my pride and my ego, this is some real shit, made me avoid them, opposed to because most people when they talk to you about it later on, they tell you, bro, <laughs> all you had to do was call me and tell me you didn't have it. Right. But as a man, be honest, like on just 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 like on some machismo shit for a minute, it messed with my pride when I didn't have it, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm a I'm a not pay it right now, but I'm going to get to it. I'm going to figure some shit out so I can pay it. Not knowing you putting time in between you and the person. And when you don't communicate with somebody, they get to thinking anything. Oh, they think I'm playing. Oh, they, they don't respect the fact that I need my money back. Oh, they doing this on purpose. See, so what you said is true. As long as a person communicates that, hey, I don't got it right now. I'm going through something. And you can't make it a routine thing. That's yeah. something I learned because if it's a routine thing, then then there's some life, some structural life decisions that have to change to make sure it don't happen anymore. You know what I mean? Right. And what I was saying is like, let's try as black people to just give. If we're able to give, that's a blessing. If a person, <laughs> that's what I do. I won't ask. Exactly. Right. And and then you sometimes, David, you probably suffer. And, and, and that's not OK because that's adding stress to your life. When you have a family that's supposed to be like um, a village, 
So like there, there's always there's 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 always uh, positions in families. So um, mm -hmm. like for me, they used to call my mom little big mama. She well, they call I'm sorry, they call my mother big mama, big mama. So she, she wasn't everybody's grandma. She she passed away at 57, but that became her name. That mm. became her love, her name out of love. Mm -hmm. I have my first cousins who my mother's name is Martha Juanita Briggs, rest in peace, Ashe, who named their her daughter after my mom, Mayat, M-A-A-T, mm. like an African um, Orisha or something. Mm. It's a very powerful person named after my mother. So what I'm saying is there's, you know, either even though my mother was a licensed clinical social worker, she had decent money, she still needed help, right? Everybody mm. plays a, a part. My mother was a love part. She gave time. That's my part. Then we had other people who had the money. So I just feel like if families can just realize, okay, let's find the strengths in each other. Very true. Very true. Real quick. What's up? My cousin, Melina. Mina is what we call her. She is in the building, tuning into the show. That's my first cousin right there. Grew up with her. I love that girl. So every, everything you're saying is true, but check it out, though. Let's go there real quick, Shireen, because you said something that's important now. Because... I'm going to follow up. I'm going to follow up. Okay. So if, because you said a key word. They should give it, but here's the thing. No, I'm this, not. No, I'm, I want to be clear on this. I want to be clear on this. Okay. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying they have to give it. I say what I would like to see black families do instead of make instead of lending money. If you have it, just give the money. Good. So that's why the person that's no animosity. If you have it, give. But check it out. So there's no animosity if the person can't pay you back. But the person who gives it should say. It's all about the wording and the communication. Don't ask the borrower, hey, I need $45. I don't know when I can get that thing back, cuz what's up? When a nigga hit you with, can I borrow? Look, we grown. We family. Mm -hmm. We black. We grown in the motherfucker. Borrow mean pay back in every language. And I'm going to pay you back. I'm my next paycheck. I got you. <laughs> I got so, you. So it's communication because I how, how I feel as a person, let's say your payday come up and you ain't got it. All you got to do is call me sincerely. Look, that $45, I had to buy diaper because I'm right. sorry. What can we do? Because this is what I learned as a man. This we I mean to go here, but fuck it. This yeah. is what I learned as a man, yeah. Tareen. Let's go here, yeah. If even when me having kids and my baby mamas at times needing things from me that I didn't have, right? My whole approach would be, and this is this is this is like quote unquote toxic in my opinion. I don't have it, so fuck it. Like I don't have it. So understand I don't have it. And I may just approach it from an adversarial type of way, opposed to saying, I've been telling my son this now who got kids. Hey, if you don't got it, communicate you don't got it, then be a team. What can we do to fix this shit? Do I gotta drive? Do we got to transport somebody some way? Do we got to borrow some money? I think most people just want to feel like you're on, you're on the same page with them. And you, you, respect, you respect them and appreciate them. And then when you spoke about, when you spoke about you avoided people, I think mm -hmm. for me, I, I didn't avoid people. I, I, I'm the little big mama. I'm all about family. So I'm always around, hey, let's do this. Let's get together. So I'm forgetting that I owe the $45 or I owe the $100. And then we're all together up in the, in, in, and out. And then they see me with the orange lipstick and the little cheap chain. And they're like, 
Wait, so wait, Shereen, come on now. So yeah. wait, because this is so you mean to tell me, right? You mean to tell me, cousin, cousin Jenna, right? Cousin, cousin Jenna gave you that fifty dollars, and you forgot about that fifty dollars, Shereen. I, you tell, tell I, I, I need twelve dollars. I promise huh? you, because because of my because of my heart and just the way I was born, I would never do something like I'm not gonna pay her my auntie back. I'm not gonna pay them back. I literally just was hustling and bustling. And then, you know, when I did need a lot of help, it was it was after my mother had passed because I didn't need any help too much from from my family because I had a, I had a mama. But I she passed when I was 30. I mean, and I know mm. people think you're 30, you grown. But I mentioned before I didn't leave out the house till I, I was 23 years old. So that's when I got pregnant. I had my son two months later. I was 24. So I was thrown into adulthood at 24, might as well say. So then, my mother, my, and then my mother died six years later. So if I'm asking for help, I really needed it. And then I'm going and going and going, dealing with grief. Yes, I forgot to pay back the $150. I would never have done it intentionally. Well, and, and a sign of you not doing it intentionally, just to be honest, is the non-avoidance. Meaning, I owe you money you, that I borrowed from you four months, two months ago. A and year we got ago. A, yeah, we got a family function. Well, however long, we got a family function. Now I'm here with you looking at looking you in your eye. I'm gonna say that's a scandalous motherfucker that's gonna know you owe him and act like it didn't happen, opposed to like you saying forgetting. I think intentionality matters. And that's why communication that, is so big. That's the whole word. Like my, you know, my intentions are never negative, but at the end of the day, like I finally have learned that you gotta keep your word. If you and and that's Ooh. what I stand, that's what I really stand on. You know what I mean? Ooh. Just hey. Keep your word, no matter how small it is. And I tell my son because my uncle Haynes told me this: you're you're not a okay, you're not a a man is nothing without without his word. That's a man or a woman. Um, let's see. Man, yeah, alone is alone. Alone is alone. A gift is a gift. If you borrow, then you gotta pay it back. Exactly, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree, and and that's why you know to anybody out there in my family that's watching that I owe. Like I had hit my auntie Denise up the other day because one of my other family members was like, Wait, you owe me, don't you? I was like, but how much auntie win? And I paid you that back. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but I told my other auntie, cause I remembered I, re I owe her. And I said, I'm gonna send you your money. Plus I'm gonna but, send, but, plus I'm gonna hey, send hey, you hey. your outfit. But you I want to be a woman of my word, whether it took 15 years or not. <laughs> hey, but here's hey, the thing, Shereen, as a man, man like, being 42 year olds right now in one of my biggest hurdles I've had to overcome is keeping my fucking word, just to be honest. And what and it it hurt my soul when people had to tell me real yeah. shit. Hey, when it comes to this, I can't really trust you because you ain't gonna do it. You and then I'm like, oh, this is what you think of me. Then I had to go deep and say, this is what I'm displaying. So when I, cause look, yeah. I always talk about my five kids, three baby mamas, my whole goddamn story. All that shit made what you're looking at right now. But right. a lot of that time period, I was in control of what happens with these women. Meaning, do we move forward in a relationship? Do I move on to something else? I was in the driver's seat and I fumbled it. And a lot of the reasons why I fumbled it is because it took me a while to be a man of my work. It took me a while to not be in the moment. Because sometimes in the moment, you you thinking, yes. Can I do that for you? Sure. So much you, good intention you No, 
I'm I'm learning no is way more powerful than yeah. Let me get into it real quick. No is like a powerful ass mechanism. It gives you back the control. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> then right. you can talk about it. You can you can say, no, nah, I can't do it. And they're gonna say, Well, what when? What how? When we not now we can negotiate. When you yeah. say an unfiltered yeah, a yeah you ain't thought about. You mean it can happen, but you mean the yeah to like you asking someone in your family to borrow and they say yeah? Or somebody asking you something. This we talk about keeping your word. Somebody say, Hey, can you come here on Thursday? Can you come pick me up from work on Wednesday? Can you? Uh-huh. And without even thinking, you say, Yeah, I can do it. Not knowing you got plans, you didn't made some other shit you gotta do. You see what I'm saying? Or something so, else comes up. Yeah. See, but, my thing, my thing about keeping keeping your word, I say keep your word, right? But we we all know that things come up. So as true. long as you're, as long as your intention is sincere to keep your word, but like if I say I'm gonna keep my word and come to the shop tomorrow. And my son calls me and says, "Hey, my, the cop pulled me over." Then, then that's okay. But just sitting around, like, uh, you know what? I don't feel like it no more. I'm irritated. Or well, here's the thing. That's not. It's, it's um. Do that. It's the patterns you create in life. Mm-hmm. If I'm someone who doesn't keep my word, don't do what I told you I was gonna do. Mm-hmm. Pattern and track record. I'll say that because if. This is one time out of 12 times I've needed to keep my word to you. Right. Excuse me. You're going to understand this one time. One time, right. If I'm a motherfucker who always keeps my word and breaking it, and oh, tire flat. Oh, had to pick my boy up. Oh, fell asleep. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> now now, now you kind of just a bullshit motherfucker. You know what I mean? Now, now they're going to look at you like, ah. You know, you know what? You know what, Harrison? This kind of, you can see me, right? Yeah. Okay, so um, this kind of leads into something. I think the reason why, even if a black in black families, when we say, you know what, can I borrow a dollar? I pay you back when I get paid, and and people don't pay you back. It's not about the dollar. It's about the honesty, the integrity, and the and the treating the the fellow humans with compassion. This is what African so called African Americans, melanated people. These are the values that we instill into our children, and when they were young, despite the ignorance. And the insensitivity of our oppressors that you know what i'm saying so we were not in, we were not taught that and i'm getting this from uh family.love to know.com so basically what i'm saying is regardless of uh how broke we are how crazy we are just for lack of better terms i don't like to use that word how much trauma we've endured you know what i mean we still the most of us instill values in our in our um homes of honesty integrity right and treating our family with compassion so if you um if you basically say you're going to honesty integrity so it doesn't matter it's not it's not about the dollar it's about the honesty and the integrity and treating my family member with with compassion and making them a priority Mm, i said i would pay you back and i could have paid you back there's no way that i could not have paid you back i could have paid you back sooner but I, I, I was moving and hustling and bustling. But those are they're just excuses. So I think as black people, we just need to learn to keep our word. If you got to write down something in your in your in your notepad to remind you, with this day and age, there's no reason not to keep your word. And on everything, I'm like my brother, loans. I'm talking about everything. Everything. And my brother, Dwight Taylor Senior, who in the building. What's up, my my brother? He 
he his whole platform is about communicating. And when when I have like diatribes with this brother, what we come to realize is people, black, white, green, are horrible fucking communicators in general. Like not everybody, <laughs> but most people do a really bad job of telling somebody what's going on. You know yeah, what I mean? I, so I think with everything. Yeah, I think everything you're saying is true. Like as long as it's because here's the thing, right? Let's say it's been three weeks. You told them you was paying them back on your on next payday. It's been three weeks. You get paid in two weeks. It's three weeks now. I think as soon as the day come, you 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 hit them up. I don't have it. Give me until this time. But the thing is, you got to keep communicating. Hey, I know I said I'm going to have it this time. Hey, this is what I'm going through. Don't mean to make an excuse. And a person can be frustrated with you. But if you don't talk, if you I've, – I've had situations with people where – Close friends, where we don't talk for let's just say four months. No, that's not long. That that's too long for me and my homeboys. It two is and a half. Though, let's yeah. say two months. Two months we don't talk at all. Yeah. Within this two months, he go through some shit. I go through some shit. Everybody see what I do, so they seeing me like in live speaking to people. They be like, "Damn, what he ain't fuck with me no more." Damn, what are you too busy for me? Damn, they get to coming Wait up with reasons why Harrison, we not communicating. Why we not talking? Yeah. Harrison, you going in and out? Oh, I'm sorry. It's I think you hear me now. Harrison. Can you hear me? Wait, Harrison. Can you hear me? Yes. Harrison. Can yeah. you hear me? Yeah. You're going in and out and you're going in slow motion. I don't know what that is. I think that could be your internet, sis. <laughs> well, we'll see when it recovers back. What did you just say? I missed it. Oh, it I was, was saying you were going like this. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the matrix, right? No, I was saying that, like, yeah. if when you put a distance between Ask you and another friend. person, can you hear me? Uh huh. When yeah, I can always hear distance, you. Yeah. Oh, just going slow. When you put a distance between you and someone else, like someone that you're close with, someone that you generally vibe with, if she or if the person you're not talking to, and then things are going on, like. Both of y'all lives are moving forward. Things are happening with people that both of y'all know, and you don't talk to them. They may think a lot of things. Maybe yeah. they, maybe they, maybe they not talking to me because I did something. Maybe they too busy. Maybe they that last conversation we had pissed them off. You see what right. I'm saying? So like right. my brother Dwight say, you gotta communicate. You gotta talk to people. And I, I. That means a lot to me because I'm a person who's so stubborn. Like, I'm a Taurus, y'all, and I'm so goddamn stubborn. It's so my way or no way. Oh, my God. It's so my way or the highway with every human breathing. I thought it was just like friends and shit, but I love my kids and I raise and I help raise them. But That's I do it to my kids. Black all black people's are where the other. Piss me off. All you, black you women, all black And then women. I'm stubborn about it. You know what I mean? We're I know stubborn. it's my fault. Yeah. I know I need to create some, like, Fix the space that's been created through us, and I'm still hesitant. I'm still stubborn about it. So it's something we got to work on. Now, Shireen, I I was thinking about because again, the the topic of the show, everybody, is how do we prevent toxic relationship with family members? Right. So we argue with our family. We don't fuck with a lot of our family members. Why is this? So, Shireen, give me okay from your perspective. So one of the things that I said is that no matter. What we've gone through in our past, and no matter the the oppression that we've gone through, we still raise our families to have, like I said, um, the honesty, the integrity, and to treat us, you know, with with compassion and you know, love. So when we don't do that, 
that's where some of the toxicity toxicity comes in because we begin to hold grudges for that person. That sure, person sure. owes me. They haven't paid me. Mm-hmm. That person didn't give me a birthday present, but I got them a birthday present. Mm-hmm. That person um, doesn't watch my kids, but I always have their kids. Right. And then that's why, like the white is saying, communication effectively is key. But communication is only effective effective if both parties are willing to intentionally play a role mm. in that. If someone is stubborn, like how you're saying, I'm not, I'm not saying that you communicate like this. But I do sometimes. Someone, if someone is like set on, on, they're not listening. And I can be that way too, especially when I get, when I get aggravated and it could be with the most closest person to me. I get my own twin brother. He can just be trying to talk to me. Right. But he doesn't get that. I'm a lot like you. You're stubborn and I'm stubborn too. So you want me to listen, I want you to listen. So we're, we're very similar. Us black folks are more alike than we are different. And once, but, but the thing is, we need to understand that our differences are our strengths. And then once we yeah. understand that, then that's when we the communication comes out. <laughs> yeah, no, he said when you was when, when you was doing this, he said you was in a bed. No, he said you was talking to him because his name Harrison. Because <laughs> no, you were saying Harrison, Harrison, he was like, wait a minute. Am I no, <laughs> hey? So here's Shereen. So, so no, good good response. Good response. So, what do you think? Like the structure of our households, mm-hmm. like some of us, let's say worst case scenario, mom on drugs, dad not there. Let's say mom not there, not a lot right. of resources, certain type of environment. Doesn't this play like a large role in how we because once you leave your house. You only taking with you the tools that you've been given by your parents in your household. So once right. you get out into the world, you can inflict people with the same pain that was inflicted on you by your family if you don't acknowledge it, right? Well, can I share my screen on something real quick? Go go right ahead. Okay, let me try it. Because you, you're talking about basically how do our households affect um you know, Trauma. you know, yeah, the, the, I, the behavior I, I, we have. I think one thing that you're talking about is how to prevent it, but I also think that again, we need to understand how it starts. There we go. There's always All a to it, and that's like Sankofa. You always have to go back in order to understand what's happening now in the future. So, like to prevent toxic family relationships, we have to know why true they're there. So, true. um like I said, Harrison is going to join me next week, you guys, on Power Moves Presents. And we're going to go a little bit deeper, just for a little bit, into this. Because this is a very serious situation that we it cannot is. take lightly anymore. And mm-hmm. that we, we basically have to uh, fix. And it's so interesting. It's so interesting. Whether it's you multi-layered. Yes, interesting. so many layers. So many yeah. variables. And whether you agree or not, if you just are open to, to learning, like I'm a lifelong strategic learner, and that's how mm. everybody should be, you know. Mm. So real, real thing, here, 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 I want you to talk about something, because you're on a roll, girl. I want you to keep on going. Look, okay. my cousin just mentioned something. It's a long, it's a long message, but I'm, but I'm gonna keep it short for you. Okay. She, she, she mentioned she's going through something with a family member, right? Me Read and you poking. So she said the the sad thing is that when you have a bad communication with one family member, and that family member now is upset. And talks about that situation with another family member. Now the other family member has an opinion based on what somebody else said. So you fucking with your cousin. Lena, Lena. You fucking with your cousin. How how negatively does it affect things when we fucking we just talking about gossip at this point? How negatively do we affect things when we going through something 
and we gossip about it to somebody who you know don't talk to that other person. And you ain't even talked to them yet. You ain't resolved the issue with your cousin, but you're talking to her mama about it. Right. You're so, talking to your other little cousin about it. Right. So, cousin, let me tell you, cousin, let me tell you what basically what you said is exactly correct. Okay. Um, it, it, that's exactly correct. But let me tell you what happens, right? The, another way of explaining what you just said is that when I go to Harrison and tell Harrison that my boyfriend never lets me speak. Every time I have a thought, he interrupts me, he belittles me. Because I'm the first person to tell Harrison that, that's going to be just like what you said. That's what the, that's what's going to be on 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 that person's mind. So then when Harrison comes to my boyfriend and my boyfriend's like, hey, man, what's up? Harrison's going to be like, he don't even listen to my sis. He's disrespectful to my sis. You know what I mean? Because you heard it from me first. So, oh, oh, wait, Shireen, Shireen, that's big. Preconceived notions based on yeah. who got to me first. Based on who got to me first. And you love both of them. So you. you Preconceived notions. So you already like this motherfucker on some bullshit. My cousin was telling me what they own. And it's much as Your computer freezes. Whoever me. tells the story first, that's how the, like Lena said. Yeah. That's real shit. Hey, Shireen, that's, that reminds Who me. Lena, also cousin, Lena, whoever tells the story first, you're right. So if Lena comes to you and starts talking to you about your cousin, right? One of your cousins. She said the story first. It's already implanted and embedded into your head. It's already there. When the other person mm. comes around, you like you. You are. I, I promise you. You don't. You're listening, but unless you do the work, unless you do the internal work, the shadow work on yourself to say, "I'm going to listen with intent. I'm going to not be biased." You're going to be biased because you heard it from Lena. Lena told mm. you hey. that Chief did this. Good shit. That's that's a good that's a good callback right there, Shireen. Hey, so Shireen's internet is buffering right now, but that's some real shit she's saying. And watch she until she come back. Hey, y'all, this, <laughs> this remind this reminds me of America. Hey, Bina, this is how America operates. They a lot of the shit we know about this country, right? The names of places, the names of people. This shit came from who found it first, who who say they found it first, who got there first. This is how this is how America operates. This is how shit white supremacy operates to a to a degree where I see it. I found I was here first. I'm gonna name this shit. I'm gonna be this shit. This, this is gonna be how it how it actually is, opposed to hearing all sides of it. You know what I mean? Oh, she back now. Can you hear me? Yeah, I, I apologize, you guys. I don't know what's going on. You know, it's all good. Hey, Shereen, I was just saying. This reminds me of America, how America, same type of thing where America will find a place first. They'll discover, quote unquote, a piece of land or something. And because they got to it first, they tell the story about what happened here. <laughs> Lying their ass off. Right. But they created the, that's wow. That's big. Right. Whoever gets right. to you first kind of implants something in your psyche. Harrison, if I come to you and I talk about a man in the community, right? Yeah. It's it's gonna take you you're you're gonna be open minded. You really will. Now, if I tell you about a man, it could be this bro code to where you like Shereen said this and don't you know what I mean? By the end of the day, if I come to you first, more than likely you're gonna really in the back of your head be thinking about what I said. 
And that's because I came to you first. Mm -hmm. So I think us as black people have to be very, very um, loving and show each other grace, Mm -hmm. right? The same grace that we show, like you were like, another thing we're going to talk about is why are we closer to our friends and associates more than our own families? So we'll show black folk, black folk will show their friends and strangers more their work, the boss at work, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, their boyfriends, more grace than they show their own family. Definitely. And no, so, definitely. so, so I know we were talking about, you know, um, you know, how it works when one person goes to you and says something that they already implant some negativity into the other person's head about you. Yeah. Therefore it keeps going. And it's just like this thing you worked in corporate America, correct? It's just like when you go into that circle, and and when you tell that circle, they have you do the team, the team uh, work, the team all day. Work. Yeah, it always gets back different. And they say, yes, Shireen's yes. so beautiful in her African ponytail, but she's tired of wearing African stuff because she thinks people don't um, appreciate her. She can't, she can't rise being her her true self. By the time it got back to you, it would be something else. People, so, yeah. I mean, we yes. have to be conscious on when people come. To her. Yeah. yeah. Indeed. You know Indeed. what I mean? No, that's, that's real talk. So, Shereen, another thing I want to mention. So, we talked about preventing it. Another thing I would think that can help prevent all of this behavior is, like, growing up in an environment that's traumatic, right? Like, all the things I just mentioned. It could be resources. It could be a dad not being there. It could be a dad beating your mom. Whatever the case may be, none of this shit is normal. I think all too often we normalize the trauma we went through. And when you normalize something, you don't address it. When right. you don't see it as a problem, you keep doing the shit. Or you don't see it as a problem, so you end up repeating it. Real shit. I know people who, women and men, that can't stand their mama, can't stand right. their daddy, right? Right. But they just like they ass. Now, can when you I see say they know? just like them, they just like them. You see just what I'm saying? Like We're very much, yeah. Right, now, can, you know what? You know what, Harrison? I'm going to take a moment. We're going to take a moment of silence on that. <laughs> <laughs> We got to because I'm gonna honor that. I'm gonna honor what you just said. That that, that's that happens a lot, and I think the reason why that happens is because you you resent their actions as a human, as a person, but you never took inventory on how it affected your actions. If you grow up in a house with a person, I don't care how horrible this person is. Believe me, black family, you not only have to realize that they have horrible behavior. But you have to do inventory on how am I acting like this person? You see exactly. what I'm saying? Now, can you see my screen right now, you guys? No, hold on one second. I can add it. Hold on one second, Shereen. I ain't oh. ever seen no shit like that. Hold on one second. We're going we gonna to try something new today, y'all. Hold on. Bam. <laughs> Bam. You see that? Wait, wait, wait. What you just did? You just did something funky. You can't do that, Shereen. Something you just did. Hey there. Hey <laughs> oh, there. That's perfect. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, yep. I can see it. Epigenetics. Okay, so so what what you're talking about when you were just asking me about you know well Shireen you know how how does a you know household affect and you know basically how you know toxicity exists in our mm-hmm. in our families mm-hmm. and this this is a this is it you know epi what epigenetics um epigenetics so you mean wait so you mean because I had a brother on my show called Rev Shock I had a brother mm-hmm. on my show called Rev Shock who is a like a psycho minister like he's deep into african studies and he's 
he got degrees in this shit, right? So he talks a lot about how nothing really happened. Like everything happened to us. He he goes in there deep about all of our actions as black people. Right. How we have hella kids as black men. All of this shit is in epigenetics because our ancestors was going through this. Black men was getting raped. Black men was getting treated as brutes. So right. they had to go into a barnyard and have sex with 25 women. He says, like epigenetic, he says all of this is embedded inside of us. But I guess the question becomes, Shireen, if we want to be better people, if we want to be productive members of society, how do we kind of fort that off? Like, how do we... I want to get to a situation because, again, I'm I go through shit in my family with my family members and our closeness, our lack of closeness. And I always look at like, damn, what's actually going on here? And knowing history, I'm looking at everybody's lineage, their mom, their dad, how they was raised. I'm like a lot of dysfunctional shit happened. And as a family. You, I think you can do it with like a psychiatrist or, or 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 go talk to somebody. But as a family, I think we have family reunions and shit. We have situations where we all come together and eat and shit. We need to come together and say sorry, right? <laughs> we need I to get together God. and have a goddamn apology fest. You exactly. know what I mean? Well, well, just to you know to go back to you know, okay, indeed. So, so you had someone on your show that talked about it really quickly in your own words. Can you just explain to our viewers? what epigenics is so that they will understand clearly when we talk about the toxicity that kind of forms in our families, how it forms. Can you talk about it a little bit? It's it's right here. Like it tells us epigenetics tells us how certain lifestyle factors such as diet, even diet stress, right? Single mom, single father, and even exercise can change the way your genes are expressed. Interestingly, um, these changes appear to add up to affect things like health risk for disease and general well-being. So these things help to do things good, right? But when you're not doing those things, mm-hmm. then you you get the opposite. You get and the that opposite. Makes sense, and that okay. makes sense. You may, because what, what Rev Shock was talking about, right? Like, like on some deep shit. If one of your ancestors, let's say you had an ancestor who was a slave, very prominent uncle who was a slave that everybody loved back in the day. Okay. If, he got beat all the time. Uh-huh. He constantly had to go through strife being a slave. Like he, let's say he had a horrible experience as a slave. Like the the or, or that he could, he, he could have been free at that time. Let's say he had a horrible experience. That energy uh-huh. can be transferred into members of your family. Even can let's you say you had an uncle who was a no, go ahead, go ahead. No, can you what keep talking, but can you see the screen? Yes, hear me add it right so here. I'm going on what you're talking about is what there I'm hearing go. right here. Circle there trauma. We there we go. Yep. Okay. Let's say you had an uncle who was a business owner. He owned the own block. Your great 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 grandfather owned the own block, had hella business acumen, just just knew how to handle business. And everybody be telling you, damn, you handle business good. It just seemed like you was here before. Right. You see what I'm saying? I think all that shit is epigenetics. All that is, yeah, you was here before. The lineage that you have in your bloodline, that shit's powerful. That's why today, just to bring it to today, that's why today I'm so adamant about what I'm doing. I got five grandkids. I got five grandkids, five kids. You know what this actually means? Wow. Like, fuck all the... What this actually means is there's 10 people. Let me go back to us, Shereen. There's okay. 10 people who... I'm responsible for as far as my lineage is concerned. I'm the patriarch of all. I don't have a grandfather. I don't have a father. So when we talk in Anderson, 
my kids, they kids, I'm the patriarch. What I do can affect my great, great, great grandson. Come on now, y'all. What mm. who I am, what I manifest on a day-to-day -day basis can affect my kids, 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 kids. That's the so what the fuck are we really thinking about? That's the epigenetics that we're talking about. Yeah. That's, that, that's it, Shereen. That's some deep shit. You brought that up because we black folks, because of trauma, because of racism, because of disenfranchisement, we some in the moment motherfuckers. What's I, fuck 10 years? What's up with tomorrow? I'm thinking about lunch tonight. Fuck a 401k. And this is why when people die, we see car washes. We see this is that that, that that's a microcosm of a much bigger issue. We see car washes, we see food drives, we see, and we thinking that, and now look, a person with life insurance, I'm thinking, damn, you could get enough life insurance to cover your life for $13 a month, but you gotta be thinking about it. Right, it, it's not It's not something that's taught. No. And, and just to go back to your point, it's just so important when you talk about how, like what you do day to day, and when we talk about epigenetics, it's my eyes. I, you guys, I definitely know how to read, but I need some glasses. So, <laughs> you know, but at the end of the day, when you when you talk about stuff like that, like you and like how you are and, and, and that, you know, you can't even be thinking about the future. You have to think about the right now because every single moment, every breath that you take, every move that you make, especially now that you're putting yourself on for the social, for the whole world to see, it's not going anywhere unless the yeah, world yeah. comes to an end, which yeah, half yeah. of the world believes it is. Yeah. It's going to be around. So mm -hmm. you, everything that you do, everything that you say will have an impact on not only you and the people in your household, but the people that come after you, your grandchildren and your great grandchildren and, 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 and um, moving on. Now, one yeah, thing yeah. I want to point out about toxicity in black families. Okay. A lot of a lot of black families um, focus on only the people in their own household, mm. and see, my, my, see the way I was raised, the way specifically the way I was raised and, and had love instilled in me. My mom, she didn't just she never in her out of her mouth let me know this. This is what matters. My mother made me know that my whole family matters, so I raised mm. my son like that. Everybody matters. His great aunt, my aunt, you know, his first cousins, his brothers. Wait, real much. quick. Did she bring you around them? Harrison. Hmm. My first that, cousin. That's important. I know. I'm just saying. I know. I'm like Harrison, excited. My, I, we grew up like brothers and sisters. Hmm. Remember, I told you my mother moved out here to Sacramento from Texarkana when she was 16, following her older sister who was 18. Hmm. Shout out to my aunt, my auntie. Dorothy Lavange, who I'm named after. My middle name is Shereen Lavon. That's my clothing line, Shereen Lavon. We're gonna figure mm. the rest out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So, so, but, but, my, what I'm saying is, what happened is in black families, a lot of people are focused only on their household. We're no longer concerned with first cousins. Not that we're not concerned, but. We don't even have the mental capacity because of the stress you talk about, because how you can't even focus on the future, you got to focus on the now. Because all mm. of the trauma, the crises, and the, the, the mental illness we're dealing with the, within our own homes, we're focused only on our own homes, and that's where the family breaks away. That's where animosity comes up. 
That's where people's feelings get hurt because people are not communicating. They're only communicating within their household. So now you have families that grew up like brothers and sisters who are separated and they live 20 minutes away. That's the story of people in my family. And, and when we and when we reconnect, a lot of times, most times, if not all, there's no real bad blood. No, there's no. And, and I can't even say that, okay, that person wasn't fucking with that person. Sometimes it's not even that. It's just like you said, damn, god damn, Shereen, that's 100 right there. I'm thinking about my son, the woman in this house. I got to feed them. I got to clothe them. I got to deal with this relationship shit. I got to deal with this in my house. But... I didn't reach my potential as a man. And I'm going to be honest. This is my opinion of me until I started thinking outside of myself completely. Once I started thinking outside of myself completely, I became more accountable. I became more of a person you could depend on. People need to realize some real shit with all all people in general. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we make shit about us. It ain't about you. Everything is not about your ass. Nobody wasn't. You ever seen somebody somebody say some shit to me? They're like, yeah, because I was dealing with something the other day. Whoa, 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 whoa. Ain't nobody even talking about you. That was a general comment, but because of what you're going through, you personalizing the shit. Everything is not about you. Like you have to be thinking outside of yourself, and that's kind of what you're talking about, Shereen. Harrison, you pointed, you pointed out. See, we're getting along good on this one. You you pointed out just like the key. It's one of the it's one of what's called the four agreements, and one of them I I still haven't read the book, but I have it sitting on my couch. Okay, it's called the four agreements, and one of those is do not take things personal. But the mm. thing is, it, it takes work. But the thing is, I have done that. Like I just have, and so my thing, I want to be a student of life. To where everything is just based on love. You know, you see people like Puffy talking about love, but everybody's been talking about love. Yeah. But love yeah. is really just the key. And not only love, but unconditional love. But not only I, condi- but unconditional love. Love I feel is that. there is never a reason why okay. Now there, there could be some really big reasons. Now indeed, there can be some big reasons why you why you can end up hurting your family, right? But mm-hmm. You should be able to work it out and forgive. This is here. Here's the here's the thing. And I know you're you're clinically trained. You know what I mean? So I give you your respect. But the problem is with us. All the traumatic experience sometimes make create like a jaded perspective about life, about accountability. So I think first, before you can have a healthy relationship with and please melanated family listen to me closely before you can have a healthy relationship with anybody any other person you have to create the healthy relationship within yourself Mm. what happened this is some look let me go there real quick was you molested was you beat were you verbally harassed were you verbally assaulted what what happened in your life did did you not have food did you have one pair of shoes for the whole fucking school year and had to get talked about as kids did you not have soap did you have to share one bathroom with 15 motherfuckers like there's a whole bunch of things we went through that wasn't normal you can normalize it and become a strong person after it but it wasn't normal. Did you grow up not talking in your house? Did you grow up not sitting down to have dinner? Did, all, look, think about all of this shit mm-hmm. and unpack it 
on a personal level. Like you can't blame yourself, but be okay with, hey, this is how I was raised. Right. This is how my mama did it. My daddy did it. This is how everybody around me did it. But this ain't got to be how I move forward. You know what I mean? And and you mimic what you see, David Harrison. Indeed. Real shit. It's real shit. Uh, in the, this, when my kids, my oldest kids are 24. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this story real quick. When they was like seven, my oldest boys, when they were like seven, I was 23, I was 26 maybe. This is when I learned the do as I say, not as I do type of shit. Because I upset one day. I think I called my oldest son a nigga in conversation when I was upset. Wow, Harrison. Wow. This is real. He came four minutes later. He came outside chasing this brother, calling him a nigga. It it felt horrible, but it felt so good at the same time because I got that shit immediately. Because once I heard him say it, I say, oh, I can never do that again. I have to separate how I talk from my friends. Look, I'm in my mid-20s. I don't know this shit. You see what I'm saying? I'm like, I got to separate how I talk from my friends, from my kids. Because then I learned, because I, like I was saying, not keeping my word, I would say what I thought and what I felt I should do at the time, but didn't have the mental or the physical capability to do it. And I would say I'm going to do it, break my word. And then I begin to see. Just like David said, maybe what you see, that's important because I'm like, damn, I can tell my kids not to smoke, not to drink, not to do anything, but they're not listening to that shit. What do you do every day, pops? <laughs> that's what I'm looking at. And then my son, one of one of my sons, he had like a habit of staring at me. Like <laughs> whenever I looked up, he was looking at me. Whenever I looked up, he was looking in my mouth. He admired my mouth resonates you. like that's how he was learning. He looked at you. Yeah. I don't care what you said, Pops. Let me see how you act, and I'm going to act just like that. Just like that, good or bad. <laughs> good or bad. Good or bad. I th- good I th- or fucking bad. You're right. I, I think like the main thing that you're doing is like taking accountability, and that's another reason why there's so much toxic toxicity within black families is because we don't take accountability. We yep. want to use those real life traumas that we had as mm. excuses to treat people in a mean way. Mm. So hurt people hurt people, oh, right? Or yeah. hurt people hurt people or they hurt themselves. Right. Mm. And those ones that are afraid to hurt themselves, they hurt they hurt other people. So oh, like, afraid to hurt about, themselves. Like really people. quickly, like let's talk about like different um verbiage that goes on in, in the black family really quick. Like like, like just things like when we talk about toxicity and, and why you know we don't like our, our mothers or our cousins or stuff like that. But let's just talk about the household. Um mm. so basically, okay, you'll hear things like you know, um, the apple don't fall far from the tree, right? Mm-hmm. You'll hear something like, "You need you're the man of the house now. Your mother, your your dad's not here. You're the man of the house now." I don't like that. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. those type of things sends mixed messages at the end of the day because mm-hmm. because you're telling your only son. Let's just say, for example, I said that to my son, you, which I never really did uh, that I can remember. Um, you're the man in the house, you need to be the man in the house. But then I also say, go in there and brush your teeth and clean up your room and I need you to go to bed like right now. That's a mixed message because I'm telling you, you're the man of the house. 
then I'm also trying, then I'm telling you what to do. So that sends kind of a mixed message, which creates some type of feeling in, in a young man's life as they, mm-hmm. as they grow up. And they have different feelings towards their mom, different animosity towards their mom, because they're like, wait a minute, you took away my childhood. Even if I didn't really have money to to take care of you, you made me think I had to. And then I couldn't. And then now I have animosity towards you because you you told me to be a man. But then you you also made me listen to you. So now I feel emasculated because I couldn't Mm. I couldn't be the man of the home. Apple don't fall far from the tree. Harrison. David, have you heard that in your life? So here's the thing. So real quick, we heard the apple fall, and I, and I want to get into that. But what you said about man in the house, Shereen, man, you you hitting it today, sister, because I, I did shows about the horrible reality of telling a young kid, no man is here, now you the man in the house. This is why you got 13, 14-year-old little nigga selling dope, because you told him to go out and earn, didn't you? He talking to you like shit. What? You told him he the man in the house. Now, I think if there's structure, if there's a man, woman, the father can tell the son, I'm going to work, hold down the house, son. Mm. This is kind of saying the same thing without saying the same thing. I got to go on vacation. I got to go out of town for two days. Hold it down. Watch your mama. Watch your sister. Make sure the doors are locked. You telling him the same thing. But a single woman with no man in sight telling the little boy to be the man, because I'm going to be honest when I tell you this. I've seen women, okay, who treat their sons like, <laughs> like he's the actual man in the house. You would yeah. think, not no, not no sexual nasty shit, but yeah, you would think that. that was her husband. Right. He get to make all the rules. He get to tell the young kids what to do. He get to make decisions about what's going. This is dangerous behavior because you may have a man or you may have a young man who end up selling dope. You may have a man who end up starting a family early because he thinks shit. I've been a man since twelve. I can have a baby at 16. I'm a man already. You see what I'm saying? There's like even you said, yeah. that's toxic. But one thing, Shireen, when mm-hmm. we talk about <laughs> the apple don't fall far from the tree, that motherfucker don't. <laughs> I know, like you were saying, like you said that, you know, people say, well, I hate my mama. They just like their mama. Um, but, it's all right. Feel real. Sometimes it far. Sometimes it fall kind of far from the tree a little bit, but right. most of the time that thing is right under the tree. Right. And as a person, you got to realize that. You see what yeah. I'm saying? As a parent, you have to realize that, okay, there's something that I, there, it's obvious. I, when, when we meet up hopefully next week, we I'm going to go over more of the, the clinical part of it, the how it yeah. affects yeah. the brain, how yeah. different things that go on trauma in your life mm-hmm. literally changes the brain and different like nerves that go in it, how mm-hmm. the brain changes from six years old to 14, what the brain remembers during these times. Like, I want to talk about that with you so that you can understand. Yeah, I mean, I know you understand, but it's just, I want to bring it to a a different level. So, but like when you talk about the apple doesn't fall far from a tree, when you hear somebody saying something like that, is it ever in a good, a good thing? Like, like you graduate graduate from college and then the when you out there sleeping with too many men, uh, you, you got an auntie time on it. Your mama dead. Your mom done died on you. You, you got to go stay with auntie. You out there being promiscuous because you don't have a father. You don't have no one showing you love. You were probably molested. You're looking for attention. Apple don't fall far from the tree. 
Oh, the negative. Ain't that some shit, Shereen? Well, You're right. I've never heard it with college students. You know he going to college. You know the apple don't fall apart. That's never how it's used. We're You're talking right. about toxicity in the black family. Family, why it's there? You're right. This is why different things like this, mm. and then even when we talk about and and how that things of that how saying things like that, how making a man be the man, and even a woman being a woman of the home, because there are men who raise their women who basically say you the woman, and sometimes they take it all the way unfortunately yeah. too far and, and end up sleeping with their children i could talk about the man who pre produced lauren hill's uh song he, he was a famous producer at one point who was sleeping and having babies with his daughter you don't know about that really no 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 no, no. damn okay so his father and, and the mother was there but what i'm saying is there's been times when the mother is no longer there and the father literally begins sleeping with the child now that's all you know, something I've heard else. About that. I've heard about but, that. No, I've heard I'm, about I'm that. I'm going to send it to you. I always say I'm going to do this, but I'm going to send it to you. It's a very well-known story that I want you to, to know about. So I think it's something that you will be interested in talking about. Yeah. But just, those are mixed messages. And then also, let's talk about some more toxicity and how that is bred in the Black family. When you okay. talk about, I'm going to give you something to cry about, right? Hmm. I'm going to give you something to cry about. So, like, I heard somebody talking about, how does that make you feel like when you got beat because like, let's say beat or whooped your mother or father said, I'm going to give you something to cry. You, you, what you, 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 you pouting. Well, I'm going to give you something to cry about. And then mm -hmm. they whoop you. Right. So when we talk about that, one guy responded in an interview that I was watching with the renowned therapist and spiritual leader, Iyanla uh, Van Zandt. Mm -hmm. Um, One person responded by saying, well, and it was actually, what's his name? Been spending all my life living in the gangster's paradise. Coolio. And, right. So he responded saying, well, if I got beat, I deserved it. You know what I mean? I, I feel like I did something bad. I deserve to be beat. And she said she was very calm. And she said, like, do you think that, like, how did that make you feel to be beat or whooped? And now you're saying I deserved it. And then you go and do the same thing to your children. And then the cycle just keeps going. Harrison, mm -hmm. how do you feel about physical punishment? Do you think that it breeds like trauma uh, mm -hmm. through a family lineage? Like, how do you feel about that? Because we talk about toxicity, but like, how can you go from slaves, right? And then mm -hmm. beat your kids. And then Coolio said, well, shoot, that didn't even work now because the kids ain't listening now. They still, my kids ain't listening now. So Ooh, let's go there. So you, whoop right. them, you, you whoop them, you beat them, you did all these things to them, told them you're going to give them something to cry about, and then they still ended up doing wrong. How do you feel here. about that? Do you feel that physical punishment does create toxicity? I, I, I wasn't planning on going here, but let's do it. I wasn't planning on going here, but do it. So check it out. Yeah, I know you. An uh, earlier time in my life, mm -hmm. because I got whoopings, I would think that's one of the primary disciplinary measures a parent should take to righting a wrong in their kid. At 42, as I sit with y'all today, I don't believe this anymore. I think kids should have a, understand me when I say this, a healthy fear of your parent. Okay. Not a fear like I'm scared of them. Yes. Healthy fear. Because I think, real shit, Maybe a kid that's displaying certain behaviors, maybe they need one good little tighten up 
I'm not going to say belt. I'm not going to say bringing a goddamn weapon because a weapon is a belt. I mean, a belt is a weapon. Do everybody know that? Parents, a belt is a goddamn weapon. That's assault. <laughs> so look, I don't say bring in a belt, but you can punish them. You can put your hands on them in a rough way to let them know I'm not playing. But this should only happen one or two times. If you got to beat the shit out of your kid nine times a year, you're not doing a good job as a parent. I repeat, if you always have to whoop your kid's ass, mm. you're not doing something right. Because what I've learned, once they start, because once my kids started walking, I began to create a line. This is what you can do. This is what you can't do. Once you started walking and touching shit, I created a line of what you can do and what you can't do. You can't yeah. wait till they're 12. You can't wait till they're 11. You can't wait till you see them acting a fool in the store. Whenever I see a kid acting a fool in the store, I say, okay, they act a fool at home too. I made my house a, a zone of like, I'm going to be hard as hell on you in this house. So when we leave, I got to do this shit. I had four kids by 24. I was always going places with four kids. I can't risk four kids grabbing shit in the store. I can't, I can't hold all y'all hand. I can't imagine so I that. <laughs> so I got to create a hierarchy, <laughs> goddammit, so y'all know I'm not playing. But I would even resort to whooping in sometime because my structure wasn't in place. My patience, parents, if you're not patient, you're not being a good parent. That's one of the key elements. My patience wasn't there. So what could I do quick? To make him know I ain't fucking around. You know what I mean? That's that that's what a whooping, a spanking, whatever you want to call it was. In right. reality, you could have instituted something long term. What are they like? Right. Removing things that people like to do mm -hmm. is a very good measure of, of, of making sure they understand what you want. But it's consistency. See, if I say like doing what you it's like it's sticking to your word. See, ha. If you don't stick to your word as a human. You're not going to do this shit as a parent either. So if you say, hey, if you don't stop doing that, you ain't going to be able to go to your friend's house. Right. Do you know the harm you cause when they do it again and you still let them go to their friend's house? Yeah. Me? And then going back to what I think you said, uh, I forgot who said it, but just going back to communication, like black folks, a lot of us just don't communicate. Our communication is the what? That's how you know we're mad. Our communication is when we just flash. I remember mm -hmm. like sometimes, you know, I didn't whoop my, my son too much. It would be like once every two years. And then if I did, I didn't beat him. But it was mean. You know what I mean? It was mean. Mm. It wasn't nice. It, I was angry at it, up from mm. stress, living check to check, uh, having to go to the school, whatever it could have been, dealing with death, whatever it could have been. So so, so the main thing is I don't agree with, 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 uh, beat, with hitting either. I just don't. I don't even agree with doing it with the dog anymore. And a lot of black mothers, just to go get y'all a little bit of history, a lot of black mothers, when we first was, when we were slaves even actually, they would see it as a mechanism to prevent their kid from being taken. Let's say their son is in the yard. They're slaves, but they got a little free time. Their son is in the yard doing something master don't like. Mm -hmm. Master see that and say, okay, I'm going to take that boy and discipline him myself. I'm going to take him, make him, make him, uh, make him work even harder. I'm going to take him, make him a breeder. I'm going to take him and kill his ass. The mama say, you don't want him. He's stupid. You don't want him. He's stupid. He ain't nothing. Don't worry about it. The boy don't mean no problem. I do it myself. Mm -hmm. So now we have parents, epigenetics. Come on now. 
We mm. got parents who whooping their kids' ass and don't even realize it's because we was trained as our ancestors was trained that we live in a world where we can't touch shit. Don't yeah. touch shit. Don't look that white man in his eye. Don't go within five feet of the all these fucking rules put on us by white supremacy. We do the same thing now. When you go in the store, don't touch shit. When we walk in, don't touch nothing. Some of this is based on discipline. Some of this is based on epigenetics. Some of this is based on the fact that we were bred mm -hmm. as fucking slaves. Y'all, like, one of the things we got to do, Shireen, is realize being a stolen slave in a land that you helped build is some weird shit. <laughs> we walking around with last names like Anderson, Scott, Johnson, Smith. Who are these people in actuality? See, these, for the, for the most part, these are slave owners, everybody. So you, so we need to unpack the brutality of our existence and how we came to be in America. And a lot of times we just pass down all this shit. Right. And that's post-traumatic slave syndrome, which is a condition that exists as a consequence of centuries of shadows, chattel uh, slavery, <laughs> followed by institutionalized racism, which you know, when you first read me, I brought that up to you, followed by institutionalized racism and oppression. So it basically mm -hmm. is a consequence of that, and um, mm -hmm. which has resulted in multi-generational adaptive behavior, some positive reflecting resilience. Because remember, like you were talking about earlier, you got that resilience from them, right? But then others that are harmful and destructive. So, yes. so that, that, that's kind of what, you know, what we talk about here, when we talk about toxicity. So... So, so what do we do and, and, and how do we, we, we try to overcome is to do the shadow work. You know what I mean when I say shadow work? No, say, no what that mean? Um, shadow work means just like how you said in the beginning, focusing on you. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, oh, and in the shadows. Like, nobody can yeah, see. Like, like your shadow work, like, you know, why, why, why am I upset when that person said, you know, I don't like people that, that um, think they're better than people. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, well, I hope you're not talking about me because I don't think, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, the shadow work is figuring out why you respond, the way you respond, why you react, the way you react to certain mm. people's words. See, but mm. the thing about that is, like, I believe that, yes, there's shadow work that needs to be done. But I also believe that there's some folk that do shit that's straight up wrong and I ain't done nothing and I ain't got nothing to do with it. And, and this is here. And the one thing I want to say real quick about the whole family thing, what we need to realize, too, is sometimes you can have a family member that you don't like. Like you guys are blood, but nothing about you creates a commonality. So I think what people need to stop doing is thinking, putting family on it like that gives you a lot of cachet, so to speak. R relationships have to be built. Yeah. Family, no family. You have to build a relationship with somebody, which starts with a commonality, which starts with communication, which starts with being around them. Family, I, again, I got family members that I'm not around a lot that I love. If you really want to get to know somebody, anybody, you got to be around them. Yeah. A lot of times, a little bit of time, you got to be around them to get to know somebody. And sometimes we have family members who, through trial and tribulations or whatever, we don't like to ask. We'd rather be around other people. So I have men in my life that I'm closer to than family members, like men that are family members. And that's no 
knock on them. It's strictly based on the fact that I spend time with these men and I have a commonality. We have something in common. We have a likeness. We use that to build a bond. That's what this shit has to be about. I'm tired of seeing, because my family has a funeral home in Sacramento. I'm tired of seeing families at funerals who always talk about the fact that, damn, we never get together. When they get on the mic and talk, I can guarantee one person to say, we got to stop meeting like this, y'all. Wow. Got to stop meeting like this. We always meeting at funerals. Auntie Martha used to bring us together. Boom, 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 boom. And all this shit is based on the commonality with humans. Like, if you want to build a relationship with anybody, you have to talk to them. You have to attempt to be around them. But that's the only way a relationship is going to be built. Family, I don't give a fuck if it's brother, cousin, mama, daddy. Pick the Pick the name of the family member. If you're not around them, if you're not talking to them, if you're not communicating with them, you're going to grow further and further apart. Guess, how, guess what? Everything you said is correct, right? It's just it doesn't matter how close you grew up. It doesn't matter if you guys grew up like thick as thieves, so-called. If you don't intentionally do the work, like you said, get to know them as they grow. We we go through these stages in life. You know, you, mm-hmm. you have your infancy and then I'm, I can't think of the next one, but uh, this man. He, uh, he, no, what's his name? It starts with an F. He he Ooh. created all this stuff, but you go through infancy and then adolescence and then, yeah, yeah. you know, adulthood and then teens, teens and mm-hmm. then Floyd, I think is his last. You don't know who I'm talking about? I, 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 I'll, I'll uh, try to write that down in my notes to remember his name, but Sigmund Floyd or something Sigmund like Floyd. that. He talks yep, Sig- about... Yeah, he talks about the stages of life. What I the mm-hmm. whole point that I brought that up with is that you have to continue to like you can't just be together as infants, together as um toddlers, together as five or six years old, whatever he labeled that mm-hmm. as, together as eleven and fourteen, together as fifteen, seventeen, and then all of a sudden you're twenty-seven, you're supposed to be close. You're correct. You have to pour and pour water into that. You have to get to stay together. To you have to put in the work. You have to do it intentionally and you have to do it unconditionally. Yes. And, and then, then, some and people then the communication, apart. communicate. There should be no reason for a family that grew up together to not be close and be holding grudges. Communication is key. Forgiveness is key. And love is key. And I know you guys think, oh, that sounds so goddamn corny. But that is the truth. Definitely, definitely. You, you, you definitely should write your in. And the in. main, and the main point of this show, everybody, is just to realize that we are doing damage to each other. You know what I mean? Like you want to go out and fight for, like, this all black people and fight in like in the face of racism, in the face of poverty, in the face of all these goddamn devils we got attacking us. Man, if you're not dealing with your family, if you're not coming to a resolution, you don't have to like anybody in your family. But you got to come to a resolution of why. Like, what's going on? You see what I'm saying? How was we raised? Why are we not getting together and talk about the fucked up shit we had to go through as kids and how we can, how we created resolve from that? Like, I keep talking about this, but about three months ago, four months ago, maybe, me and the men in my family, like my, my brother that is home and my cousins, we all yeah. got together and had a conversation as men. 
like no alcohol, no food, no celebration to it. You know, sometimes niggas, niggas got to get together and, and, and celebrate and cut a jig. God damn it. Sometimes you ain't got to do that. Well, I think we had some food, but that wasn't the, the focus. The focus was the conversation. We just sat there and we talked and we talked and we talked and we poured into each other. And it was like, damn, some of these dudes, I've never even heard them express that side of themselves. I was able to talk about how I felt. You see what I'm saying? So this was a this was a powerful situation for my family. And I think everybody should try to do versions of this where you realize there are dysfunctional behavior amongst us and we have a problem. We it don't have to define who we are going forward, but we got to address it in a particular way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and try to, I concur, and, and, and try to accept each person for who they are and meet them where they are. Now, there's some people who it's almost, I don't want to say it, but it's almost impossible because maybe the mental illness is just too severe. Definitely. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. And so you know what I mean? And that's, huh? Do you, do you want to move on to that last little part? Or do you oh, have yeah, real quick, real quick. Just, just before we finish, okay. y'all, and that was a good topic, everybody, like dealing well, with the fact that we have... Give them another recap. We were talking about toxicity in black families. Yes. How to prevent women. being toxic in a black family. Like what, what are the things you go through? What are the yep. things you go through? The trauma, yep. the post-traumatic stress sin slave syndrome. Yep. We yep. talked about um, not communicating, how if we could sit here and be talking about black love, we should be loving our family. We talked yes. about yep. all of that. Okay. Yeah. How that negatively affects all of us. And it's still affecting us. That's why all these conversations are important because my platform is a lot it's based on racism it's based on like dealing with what these motherfuckers do to us all this but we got to deal with how we treat each other y'all we look at the news i ain't got to talk about it we look at the news how we shooting each other how we doing different things a lot of this is based on historical negligence based on the system the the, the, the system that we live in but we got to address this last thing we're going to address real and quick let's take ahead, accountability accountability because we know that's what it is let's do the work let's get ourselves back in order Life is really truly short and it's not worth being mad because someone forgot to pay you this or someone said this. We have all hurt each other in one way or another and the keys to come together, resolve the issue and be one. Definitely. Definitely. Now, last thing I'm going to talk about, I seen a Instagram clip of a brother who was bringing McDonald's to his baby mother's house for his son. I'm assuming it was a son. It could have been a daughter, but he was bringing food to his baby mama's house for his son. The the woman, his baby, his baby mama, yeah. had multiple kids. I don't know if it was just one extra kid in the house, two extra kids in the house. I know exactly. She has four kids total, including her his kid. So here's the thing. Okay. We need to talk about this because that was interesting to me, right? If you have kids in your house as a woman... And you let's say you got two baby daddies, three, whatever the number is. And I come with food for my son or my daughter. Am I responsible? Key word here. Am I responsible for bringing food to all your kids? We'll make it quick. We'll just make this quick so you can go. You're not responsible. But is it is it morally right? How are you taught? You're not responsible. You're not responsible. But it all depends on your morals. I'm gonna tell you straight up, I wouldn't do that. I would if I had a goal to my son and my son, if my son, okay, let's say for example, my son's father had my child 
mm-hmm. he had three more children, mm-hmm. three younger children. It's mm-hmm. so easy. And I'm still not smart enough to not buy them McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And I'm buying them McDonald's. I'm going to get all them McDonald's. There's no way in God's green earth that I don't have $7 to get a couple of $69.79 a dollar hamburgers. Okay. So for me, the way I was raised, the type of morals that were instilled in me and how I want to make sure that all kids feel loved, I wouldn't do it. I would not do it. Now, there's a way I could do it. When I get my son and I take my son and drop him off at school, maybe I'll go get him a breakfast on the way. Like I like me and my son used to do. We always stopped at Taco Bell. Okay. No, you're right. You're right. We always stopped at Taco Bell and got breakfast. So why don't you do this, sir? Why don't you come pick your son up, take him to school or daycare, wherever you got to go, instead of coming with some damn big ass bag of food for only uh, your child? It, 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 I mean, I don't understand where the where the it's a good conversation, but it's ignorant. Wait a minute. Okay. Know, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Man, we all know the man should pay. Uh, whoa, 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 my sister, hold on one second because we're talking morally right. Let's not throw morals in the conversation because I'm not dogging the sister, right? But her fucking attitude, her approach was entitled and horrible. That approach, because again, I'm not going to assume the sister had hella baby daddies with hella kids all fucked up or whatever. I'm not going to assume the worst about the sister, but that approach was fucking horrible. And that approach reminded me of the entitlement I see in women sometimes. No, turn back around here. You ain't got no food for all these kids. What you controlling? Who you talking to? Who you talking to? What really should happen is that woman and man should have a good enough relationship where he calling before he come and saying, hey, I'm bringing Tommy some food over there when I bring them. Want to bring the other ones? You got something on it? Because them your kids, you got something on it? Or the woman can say she could have easily, look, she could have dispelled any negative energy by stepping outside of the door and say, look, the other kids is in here hungry. I don't have the money right now to get them something. Maybe next time there's a conversation that can be had that change all of this. But I didn't like that woman's attitude. And then she filmed it. I, I, I agree with her response. He, didn't, he don't have to do shit. We talk morally. Of course, no. he doesn't have to do it. But should said, he do it? I said, of course, he doesn't have to do it. He, he doesn't have to do nothing but stay black and die, as my Uncle Haynes told me. But what I'm saying is, should he do it? And, and, and Harrison, I... I wouldn't be mad if a dude didn't. As long as I, I, I know I you, I cannot imagine you Taking, I would. A, I can't imagine you just taking food to one kid. I could. I just can't. I Maybe I'm wrong about that, That's my spirit, though. That that's who I am as a person. You would take everybody. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. I'm gonna be. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna keep it honest. Depending on what point in my evolution we're talking about, exactly. <laughs> let's just say. I didn't know the kids was there or whatever. And I pulled up with a bag, a little happy meal for my, for my boy, right? And I'm about to go in the house with it. Her attitude could have made me say, fuck it, give him this food. Her her attitude could have made me turn around and say, okay, give my son. Or I could have went and got them something, but because of how you coming at me, fuck all of this shit. That's my thing about like what I have to do. What, what, what I deal with personally, with human interactions with people, how you talk to me, how you speak to me, 
This matters. I'm all about respect, transparency, and communication. You can get most things out of me if you talk to me the right way. You yelling and screaming at me, it's wartime. Or, I don't, or, this is something I'm dealing with. Or being slick. Same or being, thing. being slick. You yeah. don't even have to be, you don't even gotta be yelling. It's That's you words and being sarcastic and things of that nature. Yeah. But, but at the end of the day, um, that's a part of the that that's a part of the whole toxicity in the in the black families, and we have to figure out a way to where our kids like. Let's go back to the times when uh, we make breakfast um, like the Black Panthers did. Let's go back to the times when all our black men came together and made breakfast for our black children, so that we don't have that problem. Let's go back to that. Real shit. No, that's real shit. And and just that whole situation again. I think a man. I think a man should be able to like you should you should want to look out for all the kids around you like just on some real shit if you for the community if you for your people i want to look out for anybody that's hungry anybody that needed but don't be treating it like it's some requirement for me when his daddy ain't bring him nothing when you in this house for i, I don't know how that situation happened but it's kids in here by different dudes I, it triggered me a little bit because i've seen women with like that's that are on the negative um that are on the negative side of this, meaning they they got three, four kids by three, four different dudes, and they putting out all these demands when you should have been more responsible if you want to talk about all this fucking morality. Right. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. it comes both ways. It comes both ways. Again, you you hit it on the nail, the delivery, the way she did it, but we all that know wrong. that there's so much more to the way that she reacted. Like I mm -hmm. said, I had a lot of stress and, and anger in my life raising one. She has four. So again, let's show our sister some grace. Wait, 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 wait. Who have four? That woman have four kids? Woman has four children. He over here bringing food just for one. Whoa, whoa. Okay. And she, said, whoa. and she said, and she said, and she said, um, you know, my food stamps don't come into the tent. Oh, come on, Shireen. It's not a I thing. I trying to shoot your sister some bail, oh, man. So you ain't got a job and you talking about my McDonald's? Hold on. So it's not even a thing where there's food. <laughs> I can't stand it here since this ass start laughing. Look, there's not even a thing. You ain't got no job. You talking about my McDonald's, bitch? How there's dare not, you? There's not even no food in the refrigerator. That's the problem. You know <laughs> You know, because he, hold on, he, because he was with her. He's been with her. He knows a woman ain't got no food. That's what makes it bad. You know my food stamps don't come to the seventh. You up over here in the first, bringing goddamn Big Macs. Wait a minute. Are and, we talking about, wait, fuck this shit. Are we talking about the same food stamp that's attached to money that I got to pay back? No. I'm not bringing no McDonald's. And a matter of fact, I need you to have me a goddamn lunch. Next time I'm here with that money, I'm going to pay back. Where the hell's my sandwich, non-worker? <laughs> she wasn't, was, no, but hold on. Hold on, though. Yeah, you got to have a job. No, my, my food stamps coming. Nah, now for you, into a everybody don't want to work. People try to be entrepreneurs out here. People trying to get their money. People trying to do agriculture. Everybody don't want to work for white men. Everybody don't want to work for white man. I know. I know. Has to be generated. Hey, I, I hear you. You, you money trust me. You know. I know. Generated. <laughs> and if you're a woman who's at home all day, because you just to, told me welfare for kids, that sounds. Like I don't know because you can still get food stamps while you're working, Harrison. You'll just get a certain amount. 
All she said the is the fact that she's waiting for the food stamps and not the paycheck tells Harrison, me. Have you now? I want to know one thing without you getting offended. Have Go you ahead. ever have you ever lived in a home with, with four children on your own by yourself? I already know the answer. So because you have why, why are you in a house by yourself with four kids? She okay, but Harrison, you didn't answer the question. Have you okay. raised okay? So then have, all I'm saying as black people, you know, for us to be able to get a, 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 the toxicity out of our out of our lives for us to be able to love and and all that we have to have grace on this woman we have to have what's called empathy you know what that is you put yourself in her shoes <laughs> god damn it and and true <laughs> you and, put yourself in her shoes no 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 and we need accountability i said we that an accountable woman would know I have no fucking income, just welfare. Let me be nice. What would hey, you have like? What would you have like this woman to say? I guess he's hey, been doing. Marcus, I guess Marcus, real quick. First I guess thing, he's getting more than one. Camera in his phone. Second, hey Marcus, real quick. You just brought McDonald's for little Marcus. Man, look, my food stamps ain't here. My other kids hungry. What can we do? Because I don't want to bring this food in there, and they see him. Right, but he should. Why can't he call her and say I'm coming? Obviously, he didn't. True. He this is this is true. He's just popping up with Big Macs and 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 but her resume is starting to sound like she could have. I listen. Let me tell you. I don't care if the. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't care if the woman owns a goddamn uh four story uh townhouse with five hundred tenants in it. I don't give a flying fuck if the woman makes five hundred thousand. This is what I want you to understand. If you bring a goddamn hundred uh. Dollar see a, a dollar cheeseburger, bring five from my uh children, especially if your punk ass. Hold on, I'm gonna take that back because I'm about to love. I'm gonna take that back because I'm about to love. Go ahead, go ahead. If your ass live with me and you just no longer living with me, they were just living together. They broke up. He's mad and he's doing this to be spiteful. How do you know? Wait, wait. Let's not wait. I didn't. Well, add I, I, I listened to the story, Harrison. I listened okay. to the okay. I okay. listened to. The, I watched the video four, five, six, seven times. Yeah. I, okay. I, 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 I Harrison. Let me tell you what else I watched. She did a follow up, bro. She did a follow-up, love it. She did a follow-up where she talked. That's what I'm talking about. See, a lot of people okay. didn't watch the follow-up. Okay, they, what's the follow-up? What'd they, you they, say? They lived together before they were a, a couple. He was a father figure for those children. It's not yes. no, it's not no fly-by-night type of thing. Ah, got That's it. why she said you when you you were with me, you 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 did for the kids when we were together. You already know how men act. Wait a minute. They, why was the camera in though? Why was the camera in his face though? Why because was the camera? No, no, they were no longer together. When they were together, he did for all the kids. He had no problem getting McDonald's for all the kids in the morning. He's not obligated. When they, I didn't but see now you're switching it up. What I'm saying is really? I didn't I didn't I already told you he wasn't obligated. I said it ain't right. Yeah. So, so and, and, and it doesn't make sense. He's not obligated. If anybody says that he's obligated, then they're ignorant. Wait a minute. So if I say, look, I ain't with your ass no more. <laughs> He's not obligated, but he's I ain't bringing food over there for everybody. Let me tell you what he is. He's out of order. He's not doing nothing decent, and he's not doing it in in order. And I learned that from Pastor Alonzo Morris. Do things decent and in order. You're decent. You're not doing it decent, and you're not in order. Forget the obligation. Forget if they're your children. It's not decent. It's not in order. And shame on you. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
I respect your opinion. And you agree. You already said you wouldn't do that to a child. But here's the thing, Shireen. I would be in a pickle if the woman talked. I'm all about respect, man. If she would have talked to me like that, I don't know if I could have. Because, look, I could have mistakenly been rushing home from work, grabbed this meal for my son. I worked. Like, 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 shit. Oh, he worked. He worked. Think about it. Okay, wait a minute. He worked the whatever, the late night. Because we were talking about morning where he consciously. Oh, okay, so up. I could have forgot. Communicate with me the right way. Now, what you're saying is they was having like a vindictive spat almost. No, what he I'm was saying, mad at her. Well, no, what I'm saying is I like because you know I don't know these people. What I'm saying is after her, she did the second video. She mm -hmm. gave, gave more information that they mm -hmm. were together. They were. A what couple. does that mean? What does that? What does that mean? That don't mean they, shit. Drink. They were living. They were living. <laughs> they were having sex. He was sticking his penis into her vagina. And. That happens all the time in America. That shit don't mean nothing. That's why they got this whole three, four-year-old child. And at the and she had uh, she had other kids. They were together. They were living together. He was buying food, doing stuff for the kids, being a good man because he knew it was decent and in order. And now that I moved out. Now, he's not, now I'm not with you. I done moved on to somebody that probably just have whatever the reason was. Maybe you broke up with me, whatever. We're not together no more. Now there you is little Timmy's daddy. For breakfast meal. again like she said this man got with me and he knew little timmy's daddy didn't exist wait no 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 see that's some wait no 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 he exists did you run him off where is he exactly see Ask women i gotta go here real quick shereen sometimes women have kids wait wait i'm sorry real real quick shereen sometimes women have kids and they create this fucking revisionist history where you not adding, you not telling people the story about why this man not here. This, this is not all women, so don't come after me. But in I'm general, sometimes women ain't telling a whole story. You was expecting something. You're using the kid as a pawn, using the kid as bait, and now you the damsel in distress. All too often, we give women too much goddamn credit Maybe when some women are treacherous. I love y'all though. And we need to work on you. I, I get I, treacherous behavior. I can't with Harrison. I cannot. This man said, <laughs> he said, some women. <laughs> woo! I love it. He said, some women You're are treacherous. treacherous. Yes, I still you love this you. goddamn baby as a dangling rope over my head. You want to see your son, huh? You want to see your son? No, I'm going to let you have that moment. I'm going to let you have that moment. I'm going to let you have that moment, man. I'm going to let you have that. Because you already know good and damn well, but it's vice versa. And no, we still know what you're This is why the brother, I gotta, we got about five minutes left, Shereen, but, I, but, I gotta, but I gotta go here real quick. Real okay. quick, Shereen. This is why the brother Kevin Samuels caught so much shit. I I begin to learn. I I know this is gonna be a trigger for you. This, this is this is why the brother Kevin Samuels caught so much shit because in America. The black man and the black woman are villainized. We have been through traumatic shit together and separate. But, but in this country, if a black man begin to say, hey, black woman, this ain't cutting it. Hey, black woman, I don't want that from you. I want this. You're too big for me. I don't want... A black man get to telling a woman shit. All of a sudden, everybody get to uh, get to crying. But a woman can tell me she don't want no scrubs. Let's do it. Wait a woman minute. Get to oh, me oh, she I, I, no scrubs. I, I need an independent. I want an independent man. We well, women get to telling me all this shit about a man. It can go both ways. It needs to go both ways. You see, so but that's Harrison. Sister, you told me, her. Harrison. You feel for her. You feel for her and what? But fuck that.
Uh-uh. You said <laughs> Okay, hold on. Hold on, Harrison, but hold on. And just real quick, in the past, did you say that um you kind of believe in like submissive women? Uh so I believe that I believe in that that ideology has a lot to do with toxicity in, in black relationships and, and black families as well. Whoa. The men believe it in toxicity. But let me just okay. read this to you. This is from my cousin Oshun. Okay, Shango. Okay, who I'm going to have on my show one day. And okay. Harrison, not even the best of the best will be able to hang with her. Go I'm ahead. talking about not even the best. That man that you talked about, that study, all that average, he will not be able to hang with her. I never want to bring her on the show because I don't want to hurt you men's feelings. You better do it. I'll bring her on my show. Tell me what she said about submission. <laughs> no, I'm gonna see if me, I'm gonna see if she'll join both of us. I'm but ready. Let's do it. It's really gonna be her just you talking. I want I want you and her to talk. I I, I just want to be the what is it, the person in the middle. But yeah. um, he said patriarchy, patriarchy, patriarchy is a fundamental tenet of systemic white supremacy and follows an I identical pathology, okay. Okay, so patriarchy is a foundational tenet of systemic white supremacy mm -hmm. and follows identical pathology. Mm -hmm. This is why men treat women in the same way whites treat black people. White, mm -hmm. white she supremacy. Sound like some, that sounds like some white man shit. Hold on, yo. White supremacy. You got to take it in. Sorry. You got to take it in. I'm sorry. White I'm sorry. And that's, and that's another reason why there's toxicity in, in, in our families because we ain't listening to shit. We already got what we got to say in our heads. White okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's funny. It's, it, but it's the sad. White supremacy creates hierarchies in which one race is dedicated as a natural authority over another. White supremacy creates hierarchies in which one race is dedicated as a natural authority over another. Mm -hmm. It then creates false science and religion to enforce that ideology. Patriarchy creates a hierarchy in which one gender is delegated as a natural authority over another. It then creates false science and religion to enforce that ideology. Submission is not cooperation or partnership. It's being conquered. And then she has the definition of submission, which says ready to conform to the authority or will of others, meekly obedient or passive. A submissive, almost sheep-like people. A submissive, almost sheep-like people. So I want—I just brought that up because I'm going to have my 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 cousin, who is a a, a pan-Africanist, who is uh, educated, who is she's like a guru, okay? And 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 then you can ask her some of these questions that I can't have, and I don't have the big words for, so that well, she okay. can let me ask you a real, let me ask you a real question, real quick. So. Are we saying men and women are equal? All I said is what what I said, what I just read. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. I'm not big on, um, I don't want a woman who just follows my every word. I don't want a woman who doesn't have a mind and a perspective mm -hmm. and a foundation on her own. But, and I'm not opposed to in a specific situation, letting my woman lead. But I'm learning, as I sit here today, that has to be rare. And in most situations, I should be guiding the situation. We'll do a lot of things together. But see, we need to be clear. If a motherfucker run up in this house, 
The woman ain't jumping out of bed. I am. Hold on so to this we're last thing. Hold on to this last thing. This is the last thing and then we can go because this is the one I really meant to read. I didn't know she wrote another one. She said, hi, this is your monthly reminder that being submissive is an admission that you recognize another being as a superior force over you and that you agree to be subject to the authority. Mm, that sounds you gotta let me finish. I'm telling you, I'm gonna have her on the show. Hi, this is your monthly reminder that being submissive is an admission that you recognize another being as a superior force over you and that you agree to be subject to the authority and will of another person. When a man speaks about a woman being submissive, he is speaking about a woman being willing to relinquish her power her anatomy and defer to him as an authority figure who has the ability to control her outcomes. You're agreeing to a hierarchy in which, in which a being you birth, you are agreeing to a hierarchy in which a being you birth and suckle from your own body outranks you being a cooperative and love. Hold on. Being like you were talking about being a cooperative, co cooperative and loving mate is not to be confused with being submissive. Um, okay, thanks. Okay, that oh, sounds great. Oshun, Oshun, the great Oshun. So, shout out to my cousin Oshun. Your cousin has been married for how many years? She is married for a long time. So, she's been in, so she's in a relationship. She's in a wonderful relationship. She's gorgeous. Okay. She's here. So, I don't think because that every all that shit, I'm be honest, sounded horrible. Like, I, I don't know the definition of submission and all that, but that shit sounded like submission. a man and a woman is a slave. That sounds like some slave shit. Like, it's in the dictionary. It says, accept or yield to a superior force or to the authority or will of another person. The original settlers were forced to submit to um, Bulgarian rule. That's what submit means. Okay, that's the wrong word then. I see oh, how she's using it. But she, okay. So in a relationship, because you 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 went here, so we got you want to read your cousin's goddamn shit. A lot of black male bring males bring toxicity into the black families because they're talking about the submissive and submitting shit. And I just read you the definition, and then I just read you some examples. But I haven't we have to touch on this. I haven't seen this. I haven't seen this in real time. Like I've seen not firsthand, but I've seen men who want a woman to stay home. I'm making all the money. You kind of do what I say. I've seen that kind of dynamic, but I'm going to be honest. A real man don't really want that. A real man want a woman who has an opinion, who wants, um, who understands things and able to talk to her about it. But what I will say, like on some real shit, <clears throat> you have to be able to follow my lead, but I have to be a person worth following. This is what men have. Sometimes you have to follow logic. Men and women are built differently. Men or more logical than women, less emotional. So sometimes, not all the time, sometimes you're going to have to buckle down and follow my lead. Sometimes, rare, I'll follow yours. Other times, we'll do it together. But a man just listening to his woman all the time, you're going to end up in a horrible goddamn place. And I'm, and this is all me learning no, as I, I go being 42 I years agree. old. I agree. Sometimes I women are unsure. Let's keep it fucking real. They're unsure about what they should do, what they should do at the particular moment. We, if we're if we're in our truth, 
we are more sure about what shit happened in particular times of the so all that shit shit i don't want no slave no woman who just doing everything i say woman who waiting at home for me and ain't got a goddamn life of her own that shit sound that that's some white man shit that's some that's some shit the white man do to his woman we don't well, be doing that we well, slaves at the bottom of goddamn slave shit we ain't got time for none of that shit we dysfunctional because of what's happened that's to what, us in this country that's not because really Black men no are patriarchal, all that, all, black, that, all that talk. When I get to hearing that shit, that's that's the white man's goddamn game. We, but our we black men are imitating the white man's goddamn game. Some who not who don't know knowledge itself, who and and Most. whatever floats your boat. Like there are women who waiting. Let's not act like there aren't women who are waiting to find a man with money so they can live off that man with money. That's but something that's, that's out you. there. If some if women didn't that, do that, huh? Some that make about ten dollars an hour who still believe in some, being submissive and stuff. It's not True, always about but women. Always about women money. sign up for it. Women sign up for it too. Women say you're gonna take. I'll let you fuck me up. I'll let you cheat just so you can take care of me. That's not what a I'm thing. saying. Is what, what I brought this up for is do you see how do you see do you see what the, this yeah, conversation brought up? I just wanted to bring this up to confirm that this way this is another part. This is another variable. Of why there's toxicity in the black family. So there's we imitate so many variables. No, the fact we, of we, just we. the fact of just our men for for reasons of feeling inadequate. We can go back to the slavery. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Worked in front of raped and all that for whatever reason they want to uh, dominate us. I understand. And, and so that creates the toxicity, right? And then you're right. Yeah. There are some women that damn show happy the one leading. Because they got their own trauma, their own insecurities, their own goddamn mental illness that needs to be addressed. And yeah. they're needing you, and you need to be led too, because you got your own traumas. So, so yeah, I, so I don't, yes, yeah, so that would, I'm, I, I, I can't debunk any of that. It sounded on point just when I think of submit. Me personally, I don't think of uh, someone doing everything I say. I just think in moments, I'm going to probably know <clears throat> if I'm doing my job right, there's going to be moments where I know what's best. There's going to be moments where I may see something you don't see. Same for you. But in general terms, I think the man has to be in front leading. A lot of times we're going to be that's side by side. Want. That's desirable, but that's yeah. just not the way it is all the time. So, But a man has to lead. A man the, has to be worth the goal is the, the goal is to create black men in our in our community that are able to really lead. And when yes. I say lead, we're like you said, we're not talking about us doing exactly what they're saying. No, we're talking no, about no. them being sound minded, having yes. good judgment, not being emotional, because most yes. men are more emotional than women, and that's okay. I am at times. So so I, these I, are, I just wanted to end it up with some other reasons why there's toxicity in the black family. We talked yes. about this. We talked about relationships, toxicity in the black family. Um, you guys, hey, it was a wonderful conversation. Harrison, thank you for having me. No I know problem. you have to go. It's always a good time. You know how we do it. Yeah, man. But, so this has been another episode of the Melodated Combo Podcast. My sister, Shereen Briggs. This is, this is fun for me, but this is also informative, man. We got to... You know what I mean? I like to play and have fun, and I'm using my personality more in these conversations, which is needed. But in general, I just love my people, man, and we need to figure it out. Me too. Like I'm a lot of I'm, but I'm but but I always say it when it's something I'm dealing with. When it's something I didn't do well, I'm always transparent with that. But this is this is all real shit. What your cousin is talking about? I would love to speak to her. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so I'll yeah. set that up then. Let's uh, let's let's. Yeah. What I'm gonna do is again, I'm gonna be the moderator. Mm hmm. 
But I'm telling you, Harrison. I, I, I agree with a lot of what that was being said. I'm just being an asshole. But I agree with a lot of what was said. I don't know. But I want us both to interview her and we can figure it out because she she, she has a lot of knowledge. And I want it. She's it's just so deep. Right. Yeah. A lot of people aren't going to agree. But I want her because she I want her to empower the women more. And I yeah. think it would, it would be nice if, you know, I might have just all women, but I would love for you to be a part of that. Yes, definitely, definitely, so definitely. I'll, I'll let, when he's, very, he's very busy, but when um when we get the time and I can figure out exactly what I want, because deep down inside, I want to go through her posts, pick out about seven or eight of them, and then have her respond to them and say, explain this, tell me about this, why is this, how does this, that's kind of what I want to do. Like I'm interviewing Malcolm uh, X or my girl behind me, Angela Davis. Yeah, that's definitely, definitely. Yes, and I would definitely appreciate that. So, Shireen, tell everybody where they can find you. What are your social media? Already, already. You can find me. um, Basically, uh, I don't know what happened to my name because I think I had did something wrong. But it's uh, Power Moves Presents on uh, Facebook, um, just like it sounds. And then also Shireen's Briggs. You guys know who I am. Most of you, C-H-E-R-E-N-E. C-H-E-R-E-N-E. Briggs on Facebook, and I I do have a, a website that I'm building right now. It's, it's just basically powermoves.org. And um, hey, also you guys check out my clothing line at Nikki's at two two five one on Florin Road. Beautiful African handpicked garbs by me. If you want to be looking like a star, if you want to be in style and just feeling beautiful, shop there. It's at where the African market is. It's open Tuesdays through. Saturdays from 11 to 6 a uh, 6 11 to 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. And that's it that's going on right now. I have something else coming up where I'm going to do some open mic around the Greenhaven area. Mm-hmm. And so you guys be looking out for that. It's going to be um, something that we bring to the Greenhaven area more culture. All right. Power Moose presents the SAC report. Be looking out for our big, big event that we have coming out, celebrating our 25th issue. Sack Report Magazine, you already know what it is. Peace, respect, and blessings. Definitely, definitely. Thank you very much, my sister Shireen Briggs, for uh, coming on the show today. I really do appreciate it. This is your brother Harrison, man. Another great conversation. <clears throat> All this is about us having great conversations, and we're going to keep doing it, man. I and I enjoy this. I think people are getting something from it, and I'm going to be rich as hell off all this shit one day. You know what I mean? And I'm going to be able to take care of everybody. That's me how my too. mind works. Me too. <laughs> yep, you're going to be right there with me, sis. You know how Charlamagne God putting everybody on? That's all you got to do for me. And I'll do the same for you. Now, look at your heart. Put your hand on your heart real quick. One heart, y'all. Okay? Oh, That's all it is. We one heart, right? And, and, then, and you know, it's not beating all hard. It's beating, right? You can feel it, right? But it's not mm-hmm. hard in an angry way. These are conversations that we got to have. We can get a little bit loud and all that. But you leave with love. And remember that we are one. One yep. heart, y'all. Peace, respect, and blessings. Yep, that's all it's about, family. So make sure tomorrow you check in with my new interview, new episode of the Melody Convo podcast tomorrow, Thursday, the 14th, 6 p.m. Jill Nagel, Caucasian woman who's an anti-racist strategist, author, talks a lot about white supremacy. Me and her going to get into it positively. Like, I'm hopefully, you know what I mean? But I'm prepared for whatever. Know your boy. You feel me? Also, go to melodatedconvo.com. It's my new website that houses all of the shows, all the information I present, information about history, news that- articles that I find. Yep. So go to the website. Follow me on Melanated Convo 100. That, that's my Instagram page. On Facebook, it's Melanated 100 for the Melanated Convo page. 
Harrison Anderson on the, on, on the personal page. Again, thank you very much, everybody, for tuning into another episode of the show. We out. Subscribe to Shereen Briggs on um on uh, YouTube. Uh, yes, yes, ma'am. All right, Shereen, you have a good one.